Hey guys, we're here with Courtney and Markeisha, and we have a topic that I know that kids, all kids love to play. Let's just say that. Oh, I didn't say hi, Courtney. Hey, that's okay. I'm here. And all kids do want to play. Yes, all kids want to play. And um, we were talking behind the scenes because we're always talking behind the scenes about um, just quickly when I was teaching um, how I just didn't notice how playgrounds and like ADA is just the minimum and how when my students um, in wheelchairs, yeah, they could get down the ramp, which is ADA, but they couldn't play with the big ship that my kids like to play on, my own, my own kids, because there was wood chips. So they could get down to the swings or whatever, but they couldn't access the swings or the play ground what am i trying the playground yeah the structure like the, the between where they left the cement <laughs> to yes. get over to the actual thing so yes. i call that gaps in planning that somebody yes. who planned it doesn't actually use an adaptive aid or have somebody who uses a wheelchair or a walker or anything because they would know that wood chips don't work um right. so they're supposed to wheel, wheel. They're supposed to just go down. Yeah, they could get there and just supposed to look at the swings and look at the stuff. That's not fun. Yeah, yeah. So, like you said, you noticed it when you started teaching kids that needed adaptive aids, and then you're like, "Wait a minute, how do they get over here?" Right. And um, my husband has heard me rant about this for far too many years, but I will say, the law says they have to have a accessible spot a hand, you know a handicapped spot and so they have that so they have accessible parking and i have my permit and i roll up and we park there and i told him that's where the accessibility stops hannah ramps up she goes up the ramp to the sidewalk yeah. maybe she can get to a picnic table and that is the extent of most of her park experiences because they don't have a ramp they don't have the um you know, specialized turf that they can roll over this rubber. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's really, really frustrating because again, I've tell people my, my tax sellers built that playground okay. and, and they build these things. And then to not have your child included is so frustrating, but I am so proud of my city where I live um, because they've made a commitment that no new playgrounds will be built that aren't fully accessible. So they have the specialized turf. They have, um, you know, the swings that Hannah can sit on. You call them like a potato where they can twirl. Um, I call it adaptive teeter-totter kind of where they have like the little bucket seat. So I can lean back against it and spin and bounce. And she loves that roll up and play like, the musical thing she likes yeah. to hit that so our newest one um here in my town has it and so to have the town have that commitment to say now that we know that we should have been doing better that's our commitment if they get remodeled or they build a new one they're going to be fully um accessible so that's great the schools is a place where um right away I realized why do they not have a place for my daughter to play? Right. And um, so I've told a story before and different uh, platforms, but 
when I say locked, okay, so if Hannah's in her wheelchair and they lock her brakes, she's locked. She can't undo her own brakes currently mm -hmm. and back then either. So they would roll her out. And then when I say she's locked in her wheelchair, that's what I mean. Her wheelchair wheels are locked. And she was just watching all the kids play. Terrible. And I broke my heart. I was like, well, what is Hannah doing at right. recess? Why would she want to come out here and watch everyone else play? Right. And when I say that, like, it's not like the teachers or the aides were intentionally being right. mean. It's right. just no one had kind of thought, like, how can we bring Hannah into the play or how can we make this work for her? And so we started with like um, toys and bubbles and things that were portable. And then they would kind of set that up and then naturally attracted kids, kind of attracted kids to come to Hannah and play with her. Um, but her kindergarten year, I started to uh, grow my little advocacy wings. I call them baby wings. I was a rookie. I did uh -huh. some it's some mistakes, could have done things differently, but I, I, I tried it out and mm -hmm. I was like, I want something that she can actually go to. And I want a swing. Hannah loved to swing. I felt like it would be an easy win, like to install a whole new playground set. Okay. That can be pricey. I still think I'm advocating for that, but like, let's start with like a swing. Right. And, um, at first, I was told that the other kids could get hurt on the adaptive swing, so they weren't going to put in the adaptive swing. Um, that did not land well with me. Right. Um, I quite honestly, I was like, and the other students can get hurt on the monkey bars. Are we removing the monkey bars? Are we removing the slide? Like, And so they saw real quick that that wasn't going to work for me. Um, so they ended up putting in the, those, like I'm calling it like a mushy. It's the rubber stuff that you can roll right. on. So they made it from the sidewalk. They made an entrance and then they put the rubberized stuff down, created a swing for her and any other student who might need it. Like, let's say they can't, they can't sit in the swing without having the back support. They could right. use the swing and it had a, a harness that came down. And so she got her swing. But when she moved over to first grade, they said, don't even worry about it, Mrs. Burnett. We've already started, you know, cause at that time the kindergarten play structure was over here. And then like another kids was over here, like pre-K and kindergarten play together. And then the main playground, like, don't worry, Miss Burnett. Over the summer, we're getting that swing set up for Hannah. Like she's gonna have. <laughs> Right. swing over on the first grade side and um that made me really happy and it's sad at the same time because I was like so did no other kid ever yes there was other kids right. that wanted to play Absolutely. that didn't get to play um and so there is rules in place things you can do and then there's things that you can help you know provide the change so one of my clients that um hired me to help like with some school issues, accessible bus, that sort of thing. She said, I've done some research and the school didn't even make their playground to the ADA law, the law that says if your school was built at this time, this is the minimum you have to have in order right. to, to, uh, to meet the law. And I said, okay, so we went back and we got the school district to 
to come up to code, but they would not budge on going beyond the ADA. So even though they could do more, they were willing to be like, well, this is what the law says we have to do for this structure. Um, and I was, I, that annoys me so much because it's like, that's the minimum. And, you know, have you ever heard the sentence at the IEP? Well, that, those minutes are just the minimum. We, we can, we will do more. It's just like the minimum. Yeah, that's what but here's another example where they could do more, but they're only made to do the minimum. So right. I don't know. I just wanted to throw that in there. I know we're yes. talking about playgrounds, yes. but it's like, that's what they're legally promising you. That's what the ADA minimum is the minimum right. they have to do. And some people only want to do the minimum. That's why laws are important to try to kind of shift what right. that is. But your school board is somewhere else that we can go. And I don't know about you, probably before 2018, I didn't really go to school boards. I didn't really understand my local elections. I, I voted, but not like, wow, I could change my town or my city by voting for city council. And this person um, is, you know, what do they feel about accessible playgrounds? Like, how do they feel about this? I could change the code or standard in my city by electing people who want to see change. So I went down with my school board, but I would say have a little plan. So have a little plan. So I recruited um, and I recruited hard, but I didn't get I didn't get a lot of volunteers that want to go down to the school board, not on an agenda item, just show up and Uh plop something in their lap. And uh, you know who went with me? Who went with you? A high school student. A high school student who um, started volunteering and getting to know my daughter's class and the different students in there and realized like, why aren't they going to prom? Like, what, right. what about this? Why aren't they out here for that? And so she started, she's in a student council. So she started planning things and getting more involved with those classrooms. And so um, I recruited her and she showed up and she was in like a power suit. She like outshined me. Like I was like, oh, okay. She was in a power suit. Students. That's came, what I say. Yeah, she came she come to play. She came to deliver. And her, her speech, you know, you have like three minutes usually. Uh, it was like your max. So you got to like come in with a plan, you know. Yeah. So we came in and I was talking about how we're revamping and remodeling a bunch of schools. We're building new schools because our town is growing. And I said, I just want to point out we have an opportunity to make these playgrounds inclusive. We could partner with different business owners or PTO, PTA to bridge the cost difference, but we have an opportunity to change how we build our schools and how we plan out our schools because we're building new ones like today, like right now. So I was talking about that and why they're important and what message it sends. Um, And then another mom showed up. So it was me, another mom and this high school student. And they listened to both of us moms. But when the high school student got up, she made uh, one of the, I call him a football player. I'm judging. I don't know if he's a football player. He looked like he used to play football. Okay. okay? He used to play football. And I saw him wiping away tears. 
And she was talking about how inclusion um, at the high school had changed her life and how she was just on a mission to make sure the kids were more included in the school and the things that she thought we could do as a school district. And um, that really, really hit home. And they, I feel like they listened to us, but when like a youth came and they were speaking, um, it really, they were like, contacted her after the school board meeting was like, tell us more about what you're doing. How is that working? How did you get it going? Cause it's that one high school. We have two, we're working on a third. So we're going quite a bit. So they wanted to say, how can we replicate this at the other high schools? Right. Um, and then that student went on to plan a unified prom and invite uh, all the students and had accessibility and then at a high school you know there's not necessarily a playground but there's common areas there's prom there's picnic tables so we were talking about how there's not a lot of accessible seating for them to kind of join in at a table or to come sit by their peers um and so there's there's power in those different places that right. families can go and um you know, I'm not sure which order this podcast will go with our other one we just recorded, but you were talking about the courage and saying being okay with being the first or being the one to kind of say, I'm going to ask for this change. And even though that's been uncomfortable, I haven't really enjoyed the role, but I just feel like God keeps putting me to be first for that. Like open the door, like pry them open. I make like this little bit of a gap and then right. other parents can come in and it keeps widening and widening until the doors open. Right. And we have that. So don't settle if your kid needs access to the playground or even if they don't, like I tell people, if you see that your school's playground isn't yeah. inclusive, right. you don't have to have a child with a disability to see no. that that's not right and that's not right. fair and that's not equitable. How can we change it so we're not waiting for someone to say, I need this rubberized ramp, I need this to get here. What if the parents at the school said, hey, I listened to Marquisha and Courtney's podcast and they were talking about inclusive playgrounds. And I wanted to let you guys know, we do not have an inclusive playground at our school. And I want, I want to change that because I want every student at our school to say, I belong here. I, I want to make friends. Um, so yeah, I kind of went on like a soapbox moment there, but it's like, you know, we're, we're talking about, and you know this from school, so you can speak to it, but a lot of times if your child is in a kind of a self-contained type classroom or away from gen ed students, a good chunk of the day, whether that's for therapies, interventions, we have the reasons why that happens. Right. But playground, lunchtime, and electives are high inclusion times, I'll just say common inclusion times. Right. How can my daughter go make friends and have people invited to come play with her if she can't even get to where they're playing? Exactly. Exactly. How do we expect those things? To, how, there's not even opportunity to. There's not even opportunity to because it's not as it's not accessible. Right. She could like to swing. You said Hannah loves to swing, and there's tons of kids that love to swing. It's just 
something that a lot of kids generally love to do. And we call it the potato swing too. Um, yeah. Kids love the swing. So the thing about the potato swing is that all kids could use it. So if yeah. there's a potato swing around, then all the kids could use it. The right. If they have a sensory need to spin right. or twist, they can use it. Yeah. If there may be, you know, there's some kids that have trouble balancing and building up their core when they're little, that is something universal design. The thing I love about that term is when we do universal learning, universal design, you're helping any student that could right. use visual support, right? Or you're helping any student that would rather use a ramp maybe for whatever reason than the stairs. It's easier to do it at the time that you're building it. It's much harder to go back and say, how can we make this inclusive? Because you did the building structure and the blueprint, not inclusive. So right. I always say, talk to your city and your town, yeah. your school district, your school board, because they you voted them in and, and they're there to serve the community and they need community input to know what things the community wants. So we have to be willing to show up and say, we're a community member. My son or daughter's a community member. And this is something that we're not serving this portion of the community very well. How can we be more inclusive right. and give them the opportunity to learn? And it's not going to happen. This kind of work, like a lot of our work, right? It takes time, but you will see the shift and the change in your community when you keep kind of showing up, talking about it, dropping them an email, sending them all those things. It lets them know, like, I haven't forgotten. I came to the school board meeting and I, I talked to you about this. I see this new school going up. I'm excited for you to share with me how you're making that more inclusive. Right. And hold them accountable um, to that. And just know, I guess I want parents to walk away from this, you know, our little short and sweet podcast here of saying, you can ask for your playground to be modified. You can start with your local principal and your PTA and PTO. But if you're getting kind of shut down, you're not, you're not being heard, then go to the school board meeting, show up, talk about it. And if you have to do it over a couple of, uh, board meetings because you can only talk for a couple minutes at a time then set up like we're going to talk about what is inclusion and then next time you're going to come you're going to come with a couple of ideas of how they can do that and so you're educating and advocating and over a few times if you keep showing up you will get change um, and you will get um, I call them allies and what happened after that meeting is a couple moms were there for rezoning of a different school. So they weren't really there for our issue, but they're like, I had no idea. Right. Tell me more. What can I do to get our school on board? That's where this podcast and what we want to do is including every parent and having people learn about different issues that might not affect them, but might be affecting one of their friends or loved ones and community member and say, now that I know that, I want to be bringing that up when I'm in circles with people who could listen to that issue. I want to make sure I'm talking about my friend, Markeisha was telling me about how her students couldn't get to the playground. And I don't want any of our students not being able to get to the playground. What can we do with this year's budget to move towards a more inclusive playground? 
if we're already going to replace the wood chips, could we do this type of thing for a little bit more money? And then we at least have the pad and then we can next year's budget comes out. Could we get a, a ramp added? You know what I mean? If you can start chipping away at making your school more inclusive by saying, what can we do this year to move us closer to that goal? And I started before I had a, a child with a disability advocating for that because I was like, it's not fair. My students can only get down the ramp, but they can't play because of the wood chips and created a PowerPoint because the teacher in me creates PowerPoints. And Visuals went to, are good. <laughs> and went to um, the mayors and I didn't know what I, they're like, so what do you want? And I was like, well, I don't know exactly what I want, but this is what we need to happen. I want, you know, more inclusive play playgrounds. And here's my PowerPoint. And actually, I have that PowerPoint and I'm going to link it to this podcast so they can awesome. maybe, share it, maybe share it with um, there. It's still <laughs> I might I might upgrade it because, you know, that's how I am. But this yeah. is it's the basis of it. And maybe they can share it with their um um cities yeah i think that's a great idea because it will we always want you guys to leave with actionable right. like thoughts yep. and then make if we do something that you can actually like print relook at that's yep. going to just make it easier for you to go do something that might be out of your comfort zone you're like i'm going to take marquisha's powerpoint courtney's three tips for starting a grassroots movement and right. we're going to go over here and we're going to do that. So we'll leave but you guys swings for all the parks, swings <laughs> for all the parks. So we'll leave you guys with that in the show notes. And of course, if you have any questions, you can always reach out to us on our different platforms and say, Hey, this is what I was thinking. What are some ideas to get this off the ground? And that's what we love to talk about. So that won't be an inconvenience at all. We were happy to help you guys. Yep. So we will, um, be back with you on the, the next episode or these episodes. Yeah, I guess they're episodes. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Follow us. So you get them, <laughs> you can download them. And of course, you can always leave a review of your favorite episode or what things you want to hear us talk about. We're right. always listening and want to bring you guys um, just the best information we can and, and laughs along the way. So yep. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for growing with us. <laughs> Have a good day or evening. Bye.